to know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit and spread. Our Heavenly Father, bless Lord this passage of Scripture. Once again, speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, as adults and parents and members of the church uh, to be mindful of the things of holiness and help us, Lord, that we'll be an example to the believers, we'll be an example to the youth, that, Lord, uh, through our lives, our young people can look up to us and can pattern, Lord, the good works that you have wrought in our individual lives. And bless, Lord, that these young people will grow up, these young people will become uh, solid uh, pillars of the churches in the future. And that, Lord, these people uh, will know how, how also to um, convey the message of righteousness and holiness and purity uh, to the generation after them. And Lord, this time, um, speak to our hearts and, and mold us, Lord, and um, let our hearts be ready and open unto the prompting of the Holy Spirit of God. Let not our hearts be hardened because of sin, but rather, Lord, uh, help us to be humble and help us to be um, um, to receive the word of God in humility. And please, Lord, uh, give us victory in our hearts this morning. This message may not come again, but Lord, I pray that this will work uh, in the lives of your people. Bless all of us and give us victory in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Please be seated. This is our message concerning the youth. This is the seventh part of. Uh, this series and um, I finish this next week and uh, this is going to be uh, one of the most important part of this and I become very interested in teaching uh, especially this part because um, you know our young people are growing up and uh, they're going to face problems as same um, you know people in the society are facing and some people survive, but some people also fall, and many of them fall uh, because of the difficulty of the task ahead of them and how to keep themselves, you know, uh, in line of the, 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 the mindset of the Bible, the mindset of the Lord, uh, rather than the mindset of this culture. You know, um, the time we are living here in today is a very difficult time for our young people. So this calls for all of us who love the Lord. If you love the Lord this morning, if God is um, the one that is in your heart this morning, this is a call for you. A call for us who love the Lord to withstand against the push of the culture. The mindset of this culture is taking the faith of our youth away from the Lord. The future of our youth, you know, is on the line. It's up to us whether we will allow it that our youth will go in that direction. But the Lord has, you know, given us the armory. The Lord has given us the, 
the mechanics. The Lord has given us these, you know, methods and given us His Word and given us the Holy Spirit so that to ensure that our young people um, will be guided along the path, will be guided along the way, and in the end, they will have victory in their own lives. Amen. That is the design or desire of the Lord in the life of our youth. Our youth are facing difficult paths ahead of them. The young people, only by the grace of God, that they can survive against the wiles of the devil. Because the devil is after the youth. They, they, they will destroy the youth, then the future is destroyed. That is why the, the youth must be strengthened, so that we can counter this attack. We can counter this um, enemy that uh, wrought, you know, unrighteousness in the midst of our society. So our message this morning simply will circumvent around um, courtship and the purity in relationship, because this is what the, you know a much desirable. Um, place to, to see our young people to to live well, to grow up well, to marry well, Amen. and to have a relationship well, and that they can build up their homes well. That is all, you know, for their own life, for their own uh, happiness and joy. We want our every young person in our young man in our church to be happy with his wife. We want every young girl and, and, and later on become married to be happy with her husband, to have that satisfaction, to have that joy. Not, you know, problems are there, but they can, you know, come to the surface and then and live their life um, uh, pleasing to the Lord despite of difficulties in marriage life. So again, um, this message is about how to court biblically. And how to and why we why we encourage to reject touching a woman before marriage? Why we why we will uh, encourage our young people to do not touch with you know the woman before marriage? Why? Because the movies, the peers that they have, the media have greatly influenced the pursuit of immorality. Our our children are there watching movies and. At the back of their minds, they do not know that their, you know, uh, immorality is promoted. They, they can see kissing scenes, they can see all those bed scenes and all those things not supposed to be watched by the children. And our children become numb in these things that they feel that it's no longer seen in their eyes because it's common. But in the eyes of God, it remains sin. Yeah. It remains, you know. Uh, uh, impurity and God has nothing to do with that. That is why we have the church to, you know, uh, uh, to uh, proclaim the word of God concerning relationships because we want to save our young people. We have to reject all these um, impurities because uh, that is contrary to God's ways in the Bible. So, God says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, it says, It is good for a man not to touch a woman, but to 
to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. So Apostle Paul puts this forward. It is better for a person to be single all the rest of his life and then serve the Lord. With, you know, with Amen. all his energy, all his time, all his efforts, everything will be of service to the Lord. And the end of that is great blessing. But, you know, man, now we, we, are, we are created with, uh, with a sense of relationship. We cannot avoid it. We need relationship. But there is a problem of fornication. Perhaps it will come along the way. So to solve that problem, Apostle Paul said, let every man have his own wife. So that we can avoid fornication. Now, touching a woman here means sleeping with a person, not your spouse. So I'm, I'm just going to, you know, use this terminology. I will not use those uh, words that convey vulgarity. I don't like that our young people will, will think of things like that. But for the sake of our young children here, I will just use the words touching a woman or physical intimacy before marriage in reference to the sin of adultery or fornication. So here we know that Apostle Paul is has a good amount of um, advices and counsel with regards to purity. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 2. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 2. The Bible says, you have to treat the younger women as sisters with all purity. With all purity. Whoever that young girl is, whoever is that young girl, you have to treat that with all purity. In 1 Thessalonians, in our text, um, we recall in verse number 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that this is the will of God. So this is really God's will in your life and mine. That you should abstain from fornication. Stay away from this. Because this is not the purpose of God, why you are here in this world. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Now, fornicating, uh, again, that word is actually defrauding. <clears throat> to fornicate is to defraud. That means, you. that is like robbing the girl's future husband. Of a pure bride. That is what is said in verse number 6. If you steal a girl's moral purity. God will take revenge on you for it. It is the Lord that will take the revenge. And the result is an undesirable result. You don't like it. You don't love it. When God will take action against you. How? How God will take action? God has many ways of disciplining disobedient children. But do not try the Lord. Again, if you don't like these moral standards, you do not dislike me or dislike the church. You just being despising God. Because this is His ways. This is His ways of dealing with relationship. 
the very reason why we need to be holy is because the Holy Spirit is living in you. Yeah. He's living in me. If our body will go into that place that we are not supposed to be, you are bringing along the Holy Spirit with you. And God is holy. He has nothing to do with unholy things. If you are watching pornography, the Holy Spirit, you expose that, the Holy Spirit, to that sin. Oh, pastor, we watch, you know, husband and wife, we do, no. Leave it to the world. That is not for us. Sometimes even Christian families, Christian husband and wife, they watch pornography. They think it's okay. Remember, the person that you're watching there on the screen is not your wife. The person that you're watching on the screen is not your husband. Pornography is not of the Lord. It is of the world. And we think it's okay because everyone is doing it. No, not everyone. Many Christian men will fall in love with the women who look like those things that they watch in the book in the porno. When they look at the woman similar face with a person in the pornography movie, they will fall in love with this person passing by. Because they watch this kind of face there in the screen. And the same with women. They will be elated, they will, they will like fall in love with, with a, 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 a macho man they watch in the pornography. Why you allow yourself to fall into the trap of Satan? To think that it is okay. It is not okay. I'll tell you, if you will, if you will not uh, go along with that, the Lord said, you are not despising man, you are despising God. That's verse number 8. Verse number 8. He said, verse number 8, He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God. Why? The last phrase will tell you all the reasons why. Who had also given to us the Holy Spirit. That is why the Lord is angry with that. Because you expose the Holy Spirit also along with that. And God has no business with that. And because you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit lives in you. That is why God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? And you are not your own. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your body. Your eyes is part of your body. Your hands part of, part of your body. Your feet are part of your body. Do not take this body anywhere that God is not glorified. Because if you do that, and you think that you cannot sin in this guy, you come to church as if nothing happens. I'll tell you, my friend, we are fooling ourselves. We cannot escape God's judgment. The pastor may tolerate you. Our deacon, Brother Bong, may tolerate you. Our ladies in the church may tolerate you. But sad to say, our God will not tolerate you. There's nothing I can do to protect you. Because if God will move His way, 
to punish the evildoers. There's no amount of labor or work or effort our church can do to protect you. The best thing is please God. You do not have to please man. You do not have to please everyone. All you need to do is please God because it is God that will judge you. You see, he therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us the Holy Spirit. We have a whole lot of instructions from God in the Bible to live holy lives. We have a whole lot of, you know, uh, words of instruction, even from the book of Leviticus, that entire book of Leviticus. God is telling his people how to conduct themselves in holiness. The purpose of Leviticus, my friend, is really for God's holiness. It's a whole book there. It's a big book. Detailing what God wants you to do. And in fact, not just in that book. It's not just confined in Leviticus. Even the, in the New Testament writings. It's all for, for holiness. And you see, why God is so fussy about that? Why? Because God is with you. God lives in you. That is why God is fussy about this. If you are not Christian, if you have, if you have no God in your life, then you are free. But because you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you, then God is involved. And He doesn't want you to um, go a whoring or go with that kind of unholy things because... God is holy. Why God is a party? Because God is with them and God is holy. That's why he told the children of Israel to keep yourself pure, even from physical and also the spiritual. Leviticus 20, verse number 7. Leviticus 20, verse 7. Sanctify yourselves therefore and be ye holy. We cannot overemphasize this because look at our society today. Young people did not think about God anymore. Young people are just forced to come to church. If we have a choice, they won't come to church. It's just because their parents love the Lord. But the children do not have any affection or any affinity with God and therefore they are just dragged to church. And God is hurt. Why the children are like this? Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord, and there's the word, your God. That is the reason why. Because God is your God. Now, if God is not your God, then you have no obligation to be holy. Do whatever you want in your life. Sleep with boys or sleep with girls. Get pregnant and, 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 and sleep, uh, impregnate, uh, impregnate the woman and then leave. Uh, just do whatever pleases you. Just do whatever is that what you think good in your eyes. Don't listen to God. Just gratify yourself and do whatever places, pleases you. And it's not a problem because... God is not your God. If God is not your God, then you have no obligation to come to church. 
You have no obligation to worship God. You have no obligation to follow Him. What's the point? Your God is not your God. But if you claim that God is your God, then do what God wants. Yep. <laughs> Young people, and us adults also are alive. We have to sanctify our life. Sanctify means be separate. Not molding our mindset as that of the world. Not conforming our mindset with Hollywood. Not conforming our mindset with what we have seen in our society today. Be separate. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean things and I will receive you and I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. It's very clear. The reason why God wants you to be holy, because you claim that you are a child of God. And because you claim that you are a child of God, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. You are the temple of the living God. And God promised, because you are God's temple, He will dwell in you. What is dwell? Dwell is similar to residency. Residency is not the same as visitor. The Holy Spirit will not just visit you. He will stay with you. I will dwell in them and walk in them. You see, you bring along the Holy Spirit wherever you go. Whatever you view, whatever you say, whatever you imagine, you bring along the Holy Spirit with you. That is why God is commanding you, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. And touch not the unclean thing. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15. God said, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Conversation means the way of life. From the moment in your bed, out into the lounge, into the kitchen, go back to the shower, out of the shower to your room, and then from your room, out to the car, into the street, enter into the office, stay there for a while, 
and go to your work, wherever it is, and then come back to the house, eat your dinner, go to the lounge, prepare for bed, and lay on your bed and sleep. God said, I want every part of it holy. Yeah. God is holy. That is the reason of all this fast. Because our God is holy. So be holy. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. If you claim that God is your God, then do what He wants. Not conforming to this world, but by uh, but transforming by the renewing of your mind. We are soaked into this culture, but God said, no, 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 change your mindset, change your mindset. Do not have the mindset of this world, because this world does not glorify me. Change it. So we Christians have to change. We go against the current. We go against the, 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 the flow. Because we cannot be conformed to this world. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This church, coming to church is your reasonable service. We have a good reason why you have to come. We have all the reasons in the world why we need to worship God. Because you are saved. Because Jesus Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. And therefore we are bound to go to heaven. Therefore you have a reason to come. Praise God. This is our reasonable service. Yep. If you spend all your time, if you spend all your effort, if you spend all your treasure, just for the sake of the worship of God, then that is reasonable state. Everything that we do for the Lord must be done. Because that is our reasonable service. Verse number 2, Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. This is dangerous because this is now even the Christian people they are numb on sin because of the, you know, the commonality of sin. We go out of your room, even from your room, you watch movies, you watch YouTube. Sin is normalized. Sin is now normal. If you, if you refuse to commit that sin, you are abnormal. If you refuse to drink, you are abnormal. If you bring your Bible, you are abnormal. Because bringing the, not bringing the Bible is normal. If you bring your Bible, it is abnormal. Going to bar house and drinking alcohol is normal. If you don't drink and refuse to drink, it is abnormal. Sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, it is normal. If you don't sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend, it is abnormal. But God said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable. These things that the world is doing, 
is not acceptable to God. But there is something acceptable. And that is what God wants you to know. We'll prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, how to have the biblical courtship that God wants? Number one, God wants us, first of all, young people, pray. Pray for God to lead you to the person of His choosing. Do not just jump when you see a pretty girl, then not. You are in love, straight away. <laughs> you are in love. Oh, love is there. Because you see a beautiful girl. And also the, the girls, when they see a, a, a handsome boy, oh, love is in the air. No. Ask God first. Pray for God to lead you to the right person of His choosing. Remember, God has prepared someone for you. God is the one that will give you a person for your life partner. But remember also that Satan will also offer someone for you. While God offers someone, Satan will also offer his. Be discerning because if you allow your eyes to move around this and make a decision because of what you see, what you hear, you might fall to the person that prepared, not by God, but the other person. Secondly, if you are praying for someone and you do not know yet whether that someone is, God, is the one that God prepared for you because we cannot really tell, go out in groups. You have, you have sighted someone, go out in groups, but go out not by yourself. Groups with people around you all the time to minimize the temptation. Do not allow that you fall into temptation on someone that God has not prepared for you. And it's a wrong person. And you are already entangled with the person. And it's too late to get out from that situation. Number three keys to biblical courtship is pray before each time you see the person. Pray. Ask God for guidance. Lord, guide me today. I'm going to meet this person. And Lord, uh, help me that I will conduct myself in a Christ-honoring manner. Involve God in this. Involve God because it is the Lord that will take you to the future. Together with this person, you have to involve God because you have no power to extend one minute of, it, of, of his or her life. You have no power. It is the Lord that will take you with this person to, to old age. And that is what you want. Number four, do not touch the person. Do not touch. Young people, do not sit side by side with opposite gender in the car. In the car, no touching. Do not sit side by side with a person in the car. In dinner, in dinner maybe it's okay because there are a lot of people and it's open. But in the car, it's different. Do not 
sit side by side, do not touch the girl, do not touch the man. Because if that is will put you likely to start a physical slide into fornication. If it will lead you there, so you better not do it. Number five, develop a good spiritual and mental communication. Talk to the person and, and, and know more about the person. Learn more about him or her. Get to know deep what's in his heart, what's in her heart. Whether this person is selfish, oh, you better be careful with a selfish, selfish person. Because time will come that you cannot please him or her, then she or he will be distracted and will be discontent and will seek some other way, some places to exit the situation and leave you alone. Because you are no longer pleasant or giving her or him pleasure. Because why? Because he is selfish. You can find it out. If the person is selfish, stay away from the person. Because that is not the spirit of Christ. If that person only wants to enjoy herself, or oh, we go this way because I like this. It's okay maybe, but if it's always him and everything is about him or her, just the whole world is just you know, surrounded about what he or she wants. That is dangerous. Because that person, time will come that she will not be pleased. And then she will leave you alone. Another thing that you need to, um, to do in your courtship is get home early. Get home early. Do not allow yourself to stay there in the deep dark night because you are putting yourself in danger of committing and obeying the temptation. Number seven, the best way is serve the Lord together. Grow in the ministry together. Try to win people to Christ and to teach the Bible together. Allow that you and that person will grow together so that you will have common interest in the Lord. And each one of you will, will, will benefit from that. When you, when you are in the ministry, I will tell you what's the blessing when you are in the ministry. You are taking away selfishness out of your system. When you are in the ministry, a lot of problem in the ministry. You have your own personal problem. You will put your problem aside. Your personal problem put on the side. You face someone else's problem. And that is, you know, killing that self, uh, selfishness in you. And that is where the key, where God will bless you. When you are not selfish in your, in your, in your personal walk with God. Number eight, be cheerful and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Seek those places that can enhance your spiritual growth. Whenever there is a church, call that friend of yours that you are praying for. Oh, are you coming to church tonight? Please come, please come. Maybe that person is discouraged and you are there to encourage 
the person to come to church. Or the other way around. That person will call you, oh, there's, you know what? There, there, there is a, a, a missions conference in, in this country and there we can watch live. We can watch on, um, on YouTube or we can watch on Facebook. Anything that will enhance your spiritual growth, lead that person to that. And I will tell you, you will benefit if this person will become your wife or become your husband. In the future, you will benefit of those efforts that you are doing. That is why Apostle Paul said, you know, avoid touching women. It is good for a man not to touch a woman, but to avoid fornication, let every man have his own life and enjoy the wife of your youth. You are young, enjoy your wife. Enjoy. Hold, hold her hands. Take her for dinner. She loves it because she's lazy in cooking. You know? <laughs> she loves it. You know, uh, while maybe you are, you are, uh, you are new, newly married, no children yet, enjoy because when you have children, I will tell you. I'll tell you, you will enjoy the more. <laughs> There's a different level of enjoyment when you have children, but it's different when you have no children yet. You see, now let's take another look, another aspect. Why this question needs to be answered? Why reject touching a woman before marriage? This is happening in our society, and you can observe this. But I want you to avoid the pitfalls in this. I want you to avoid, as your pastor, it really, it really saddened me if something will happen to you. Why reject touching a woman before marriage? My friend, God allowed affection, caress, and everything for married people. God allowed it. God allowed it within marriage. And in marriage, these things will increase the commitment and the binds of, of two people together. It is part of God's plan. That is the purpose why God has given you a wife. That is the purpose that God led you to a husband. Because God wants you to be fulfilled, to be loved, to be in, you know, a, a oneness with the person that you're married to. But I will tell you, outside of marriage, it is not allowed. The things that the married couple are doing, those sacred things, is not allowed for the unmarried couple. Outside marriage, touching a woman has the opposite effect. The same action, opposite effect. It is becoming a wedge. It is becoming a stumbling block. It is becoming a hindrance to the development of a mature love. That thing will hinder it. And very often, breaking up the relationship and even the friendship together. It breaks up. Because of that thing, 
that thing will strengthen marriage, but that thing, if it is done outside of marriage, will break anything that is beautiful. Why does this happen? Why? Notice here the spiritual dangers of sleeping together before marriage. Number one, touching a woman before marriage prevents other aspects of the relationship from developing. Because your minds and all the things are, will be focused on that thing. And because of that, you want to please each other in that ahead of time, then you will, you will just overlook the wrong things around you because you want that done. Anybody can learn to kiss, my friend. But not everybody can learn to communicate meaningfully. Physical attraction is insufficient glue. It is not enough to build or maintain a lasting relationship. Sleeping in bed is not enough glue. It is not going to work. If that is the only basis for your relationship. The main qualities that hold a relationship together are mainly trust, honesty, respect, openness, deep friendship, and spiritual intimacy. And these things will take time. This cannot be done in bed. This will take time, and this will take effort, and it takes a lot of patience to develop. When you focus on the physical side, what you are doing is you short-circuited everything that God prepared for you. Everything will burst. You short-circuited the building these qualities and you end up with a poor foundation without spiritual communication developing first in your relationship. And it's very vulnerable. And you will leave it here. You as a woman will be afraid that your man will leave you anytime. You as a man, you will be afraid if your woman will, will, will do this with another man. You will live in fear. No trust there. You are not developing trust in there. So, number two, touching a woman or physical intimacy before marriage injects fear and guilt into the relationship. That is why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 13 verse number 4. Marriage is honorable in all. The things in bed is covered in that. The things in bed are honorable now because of marriage. The things in bed are not honorable if it is not without marriage. You see, guilt comes because the premarital intimacy violates our God-given conscience. You know it. When a person will do that thing, he knows in his mind. He knows in her, in her mind. She knows it. That this is wrong. That's the conscience that will tell the, the person. Then fear comes because Perhaps the male 
gets the privilege of sleeping together without the responsibility of commitment in marriage. It's easy. The Mr. Bapo got it without labor, without efforts, without commitment. It's easy, very cheap. And this is rampant in our society. In America, it's very common. The female fears that she will, she or uh, he may leave her. Her man may leave her. So what she's doing is she pisters him to get married. And since it may cost money to get married, ten thousand U.S. dollars, or get married and 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 and. and Reception and the rings and honeymoon and hire cars, the dresses here and then the suits and everything is very costly. So the male will say that he cannot afford to get married right now, so that she must have to wait until indefinite time in the future. And again, that is a subtle form of rejection. And then the, the woman, the female, will worry. And fear that he may never get around to marriage. She feels insecure, so she pisters him more to get married. And then finally, the Mr. Guapo will get so sick of her nagging him that when he meets another likable lady, he finds an easy reason to leave lady number one and go to lady number two. And perhaps that's her lady number six, we don't know. And many times, when they are already deep into the relationship, they have together, then the family court will enter. And then there will be splitting of his assets, splitting his assets into three parts. One third for him, one third for her, and one third for the lawyer. If there are any children involved, then he must pay $200 per week, maintenance for his ex-partner to support the children and rent. And then, devastation. That is common pathway in our society today. That is the common result this is how premarital intimacy can lead to financial hardship. And very often when couples live together without marrying, they break up around 30s, around 40s, and then find another partner. And it's so sad for a woman, it's different for the woman. Her, her prime is gone. The man can find, you know, most of the time, is in the advantage, but the woman is in disadvantage. But again, God is not designing marriage like that. Number three, physical intimacy before marriage lays a foundation of distrust. Lays a foundation of lack of respect. That is what these things, you know, is going to give you. This can cause the woman to think that if he sleeps with me outside of marriage, he may later on leave me and sleep with someone else if the opportunity presents itself. Why? They're doing it. 
me good reason why this person will not do it some other time in the future. If the person is doing it now, what hinders the person from doing it in the future? And that is distrust. That lingers there in the heart. It will not go away. You see? So mature love, my friend, mature love is based on the security of, this is the word, exclusivity and permanence. That is where the secure love is. That that person that you married to is yours and yours alone. And you can trust that because that person waits. You are proving the person. It's not, you know, ultimate, it's not, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, absolute, but at least you have proven the person. If he will fall in the future, hopefully not, but it's more, that person is more stable. And you can put more, you know, uh, you have put peace in that. Exclusivity and permanence of the relationship. If two people stay morally pure before marriage, each person feels a greater degree of security, trust, and respect. Number four, Touching a woman or physical intimacy before marriage causes you to compare one person with previous partners. And you will see <laughs> the previous one is better. <laughs> but why are you shaking? The bride coming forward and shaking. It's very visible. The shake is very visible. Why are you shaking? Oh, this is my first time. She's thinking for a second time. <laughs> Marriage only once. There's no second time. When you sign the paper, you sign your life away. There's no, there's no coming back or that altar. It's only once. Touching woman, number five, touching woman before marriage deceives you into thinking that you are in love. It is such an emotional thing that it can convince you that you are in love while overlooking other important factors later on. When logic prevails in your relationship, <laughs> the realization comes. Then you feel like you dislike the person and it's too late. You have children already. So be careful about physical intimacy outside marriage. Because it can just be plain lust and not love. It can likely cause you to overlook the laziness of the person because yeah, you cannot afford to lose a person. He's very couple. <laughs> She's very pretty. You cannot afford to lose this person. But you overlook the laziness. You overlook the violence. You overlook the drug addiction. You overlook the lying. You overlook the unfaithfulness, you will just swallow all of that because you cannot afford to lose the person. And all of which are a recipe for a disastrous relationship. Now in conclusion, the facts are against you if you go in that direction. Because physical intimacy before marriage tends to break up couples before marriage even taking place. If you sleep together and then live together for a while, after planning of marrying, after 10 years, it will not come. Our pastor will not go after 10 years, maybe 5 years. That 5 years that you are hoping for, it will not come. 
Ah, uh, that's long. That's only two years. That two years will not come. Uh, maybe, maybe a year after Pastor will be married, will be marrying. That one year will not come. Those who have physical intimacy before marriage are more likely to have their marriages end in divorce. The example in 1990s, the year 2000, year around, the Christian couple, 1,500 Christian marriages, there's one divorce in every 1,500. Maybe now it has increased. But in those times, that there were one divorce for every 1,500 Christian marriages, or not just necessarily Christian marriages, but in other marriages, 700 of that ended up in divorce. So it is still better to be married before living together. That is 700 against one. 700 instances or occurrences or probabilities than the one in every 1,500. Persons who had physical intimacy before marriage are more likely to have extramarital affairs as well. And another fact is that having physical intimacy before marriage may pull you into marrying a person who is not right for you. Physical intimacy before marriage can blind you to a person's thoughts. And you will just end up swallowing it and be miserable for the rest of your life. Now, my friend, remember, at the beginning I said, God prepares someone for you. So is the devil. So be discerning. Trust in the Lord. When you find a woman, close your eyes. Close your ears. Let the Lord lead you into that person. And when you get there, you will be you will be joyful. The Lord will give you the satisfaction that you need. Please power as in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for the instruction. Help, Lord, that this will um, set the mind of our young people. That this is the way forward, Lord, for you. This is what you want them. He that despises, despises not man but God. Because this is your way, Lord. And help your young people, our young people, Lord, to find it. Help them, Lord, to follow you. Bless, Lord, our ministry about young people. Bless our young people's program. Because this is one way, Lord, that we can help them, to aid them, protect them from the unnecessary fall, the unnecessary hurt, the unnecessary uh, uh, tragedy in the future. Lord, build up our young people in, in, a, in, in a godly environment and help our young people's program to be in this environment and help our, our church, Lord, to be one in this because, Lord, we have to act. We have to do something for our youth because our youth and their faith is under attack and no one is helping them. Lord, help that this church will help the youth. Our adults here will help whatever we can help to sustain our youth, to enable them, Lord, um, to triumph in their own war, to triumph in their own battle. 
so that they will be successful um, parents in the future. They, they will be successful um, pillars of the church in the future. And thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for your goodness to us. Bless your people once again. Bless all of us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.